Hello, welcome all you sexy folk. This is Tandy here at the box. The box is presented by Pandora's Fantasy Box, a membership club where adults can explore and connect. Our aim is to educate, inform, entertain, and entice you. Tonight, Mr. D is going to answer the question so many have asked, why is the garage a man's favorite room in the house? Mr. D has reminded us that from caves with bats to the bat cave, from the simple tool shed to modern day garages, men have sought solitude, refuge, and unspoken pleasures in their private lairs. Well, welcome, Mr. D. Tonight, of course, we also have um, Alexis helping us. And I am not sure that we have any other brave souls um, with us um, live tonight, but they will be listening. So what are you going to tell us about the garage? I'm going to be talking about the garage, which probably has the longest history in mankind's development in being a personal place where men starting out originally, and I will uh, update this a little bit, but from the earliest days of mankind, when we were still living in caves filled with bats, hiding from our predator prey, like saber-toothed tigers running around, trying to gobble us up as a sweet treat, we hid in the caves, and we just huddled till we found fire. Fire made us feel better, and it helped keep the, the nasty, eat-us-up type critters away, because they didn't like fire. They didn't control it. They knew it as a thing that would harm them, so they stayed leery of it. To this day, that still stands with animals. They don't control fire. We do. But that's a different subject for another night because there is such a thing as fire play. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what I want to do is to start off, I need to make a couple of disclosures. Uh, I am not an anthropologist, nor am I an archaeologist. I have no special schooling in human history or development. What I will be talking about is based on my own personal observations, hunches, and evaluations. Our story tonight goes back, like I said, to the earliest days of mankind living in caves. They probably had a very minimal vocabulary for exchanging ideas. A lot of it was grunts and how you grunt. I don't know if you ever saw Tim Allen and uh, his show, I think it was Tool Time, where he grunted and people could understand what he was saying because you could grunt back. It's a man thing. We we just know what those mean. (laughs) And for most others, they can infer what we're talking about when we're grunting back and forth amongst each other by our language of our faces and how our bodies move with things and kind of pick up what was going on. But it's a private language that has carried forth. I don't think it matters what civilization you came from. That grunting exists, excuse me, exists for all men, and we use it interchangeably. 
I know that when I was in the service and I was overseas in Europe, I could grunt in different occasions and everybody there knew what I was grunting about and they would reply in grunts. That's just <laughs> how it is for guys. We carry that ancient history with us. It's in our genetic makeup. We know it. We, we understand it. Uh, it's why a lot of people, and I don't think they really understand it, why men can sit around as a group and we will belch, make other noises, and we are totally content with it. Drives the people around us crazy, but we are content with it. And that is kind of how we ingrained throughout the history of mankind to the day in the present. So if we were to take our Wayback Machine, I don't remember if you remember that uh, Simon and his professor dog, and they would use the Wayback Machine to see history uh, in the cartoons, but um, pretend we're on a Wayback Machine. We go back and we're looking at a land where they had, as I said, a very minimal vocabulary. They were focused solely on surviving and bringing in the next generation of humans. They were scratching out their development and existence. And we, mankind, was developing. Move forward hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, and man is becoming stable. He's building small communities, but still uses the caves for the group to survive the elements and the hunters that see them as prey. But now we have hunting skills and we're developing our first tools and our first weapons. Survival for us is getting easier, relatively speaking for the times. The hunters are using smaller caves for storage to protect against losing everything in a raid from another village because that became the thing. We had grain, we had fruits, we had nuts, we had meat. Another village didn't. What do they do? They swoop down, take it, go away, and that was the way of life. Went on. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to move again, again, forward again. And we are farming. We're in larger huts now, out of the caves. We've got bigger communities. We share the work. Tools and weapons are stored in small sheds near the primary huts. They're cared for. They're fixed. And they're improved upon. Shared moments by the men in the village as they teach the upcoming generations, what they have learned from the generations that preceded them, how to carve a stone arrowhead, how to make spears, how to make weapons that would club an animal so it would be a quick kill, how to create traps so you could feed, how to fish. Someone actually had to figure out that fish would nibble on land food. Amazing. Who would have thought? But man developed it. And he shares, we share everything together to keep it as a uh, story that we develop from because we build. And we're going to move forward again real quick. And we go, and now we're living in villages. And we have barns and tool sheds and storage sheds. More work is being done. We've conquered fire. We've got the anvils going. We've got iron. We've got copper, brass. And we're just really growing. And then... We now have something we didn't have, and that's luxury of some time to do something other than just survive. That's where man play comes in. Man play. 
grunting and having a good time. Oh, we're in that shed, and we're all sharpening the blades for tomorrow's harvest, making sure all the sides are all ready to go. We're making sure the weapons are all ready because, you know, harvest time, people are raiding again. That's just the way it is because, hey, we're already planning our first raid if we don't have a good harvest. We know somebody that has, we think, some food that we could use. We don't think they need it so bad as we would. So we're after work. We're in there making our noises, fixing things, and telling the first jokes and making stories up. Oh, I dragged woman by hair all the way back to my grandfather's cave. <laughs> we shared <laughs> these things. <laughs> this is where we develop our camaraderie. It's what makes us as humans and as men, we become a combined group. We learn to work together. We uh, argue, we fight, but we still are finding that there is things we can do together to have a good time and doesn't involve the women folk. When we're with them, they want us to be clean. Don't burp. Don't do this. Don't do that. Bring me this. Bring me that. We find that being out in those sheds and the barns with all our equipment and stuff is a very safe place to be and relax. So we move even forward again, and now we're in the present. And we've got these nice homes. We've got garages, and we have a shed for where we keep our lawnmower that we can drive around and look really happy. We've got golf carts we can drive up and down the streets and irritate the people who think we're driving too slow, but we do it on purpose anyway. It's how we have fun. But we're able more and more to putter around, do things. And we've carried forward all our grunting. We've carried forward that comfort level that when we're all together, doesn't matter what kind of a noise you make. It's funny. It's what we teach our kids. Mm -hmm. We teach our sons when they're 9, 10, 11. Don't play with fire, boys. dangerous, but... If you happen to be sitting around in a group and you have your pants off and you spread your legs and pass gas, put the flame to it and see who can throw a flame the farthest. (laughs) We teach how to have fun and we teach how to be comfortable naked with other men. We had developed saunas, ancient Japanese culture, very big. Turkey, very big on the saunas and and having everyone sit in the steam rooms. You go to the Scandinavian countries, ice cold, and yet they keep it really hot and steamy so you can run out and get frozen again. I don't understand, but it's supposed to be really good for you. (laughs) But it's our bonding that we keep bringing forward, building it more and more. And... That is where the fun in tonight's story comes in. We have learned how to play. We have learned how to do things in an area that typically was not entered into by our female counterparts. But today is a different age than it was thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago. Because now we do have not just men with penises and women with pussies. We have our fellow citizens, the non-binary folk, who 
may have a penis, but don't identify as being a male. So they also have learned from being in the group. They have been brought into it because they've been part of the playground that was going on in those sheds quite often. Some of them at a time when it was not understood that they had a actual really designation or how they identified were just seen as different and therefore able to be used in ways that maybe weren't so fun for them, but it developed the history. It developed the cultures. It developed the ability for men to play with men and for men to enjoy women and for women now to be in the garages because they're as good as mechanic, if not better, when they're working on their hot rods. They understand all the tools. They understand all the devices. And yet, under the very noses of the women that men in the garage share their life with. They go in and out when they park the car. They go in and out when they do the laundry if the laundry's in the garage. They go in and out with the trash. They go in and out with the groceries. Looking at all the things stored so neatly on the walls, all the boxes that are marked, all the little canisters from camping and stuff. And they don't ever bother a second thought. It's just there. It's natural. It belongs there. Little do they know what actually is in those boxes. Little do they know what hides behind the boxes on the higher shelves that would require getting out a ladder to look. Typically, when somebody wants something from the garage, what do they do? They call their man and say, hey, do you remember where we put this? Can you get it for me? They go out, they get it, they bring it back. When you're done, they take it, they put it back. You don't know where it is. You don't know how to find it. What you don't know, more so though, what is hidden on those shelves. Oh, Mr. D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 gonna have to walk through my garage of course to leave the house. Now I'm wondering, um um as we think about where you're going with this, as you talk about looking behind and opening boxes, let me quickly give a shout out here. And then you come back right where you were. Um I find you really intriguing. I just thought I'd tell you that. Um, Maybe one day I'll take you in my garage. (laughs) (laughs) Better promises or threats. (laughs) Anyway, for all of our listeners, whether you only join us from time to time, and boy, you picked a good evening to come, um, or you are here nightly, you know that we have juicy things to say. So if you have a business, a product, or service that would fit with what we are doing, contact us for the opportunity to advertise on one of our several platforms or collaborate with us as a vendor, sponsor, or affiliate. Reach out to us at pandorasfantasybox.com. That's fantasy with a Z. We can't free the world all by ourselves. Join us 
And we have events that uh, we've been talking about on here. But right now, I'm looking forward to the event that's going to happen in the garage. So, Mr. (laughs) D, tell me what is on your mind. Oh, man. Right now, I am itching to go out in the garage. And I'll tell you, the garage is a fun-filled place. It's like an amusement park because you can openly put out all types of things and nobody thinks twice about it. For example, one of the most basic things is a locking wrench. You adjust it to whatever width you need, theoretically, to twist a bolt and it locks it in place so it doesn't fall. You can leave it there, tighten, loosen, tighten, loosen, loosey-goosey, whatever partner in your home walks in the garage and sees a pegboard with all those tools and all they think is, boy, that's a lot of money we've wasted. I don't think he uses any of those. And yet he does. And when you look in the garage, you will find usually ropes hanging along the walls, different Thicknesses, different widths, different lengths. Some are plain, you know, old-fashioned rope you'd see down at the harbor on a boat. Some are colored rope. Some are parachute cord. Why do we need parachute cord? Never ask the question. Why? Because it's typical. They grew. Most people grew up with their fathers had ropes hanging on the garage. It's part of a fixture. It just comes with the garage. You have the tools on the pegboards. If the person that is in the garage owner is a car aficionado, he has most likely got a device to lift the engine out of a car. It hoists it up, and it's able to go up quite high, actually, if you get one of the nicer ones. You have pulleys sitting up on the roof from the rafters in the homes that don't have a finished ceiling in a garage. But in the ones that do have a finished ceiling where you can't really put the pulley without having to explain it, they usually have a portal to the attic. And the attic portal is uh, set up so that it's over an open space of the garage if there's no car parked under it. There's a reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, people, apparently nothing to do with the uh, 59 Chevy that is being re- reworked, right? <laughs> the only thing would be if you were had, you had a special bumper uh, to put on it and you were storing it up there to keep it from getting scratched. But no, that attic <laughs> is there presumably, and as we would say, well, it's for the, the pest guys. If they're, you know, we notice we have a, something in the attic, they have to have a way to get into the attic. Makes sense. You have a pulley from the roof, and the, your person says, why do we have a pulley? Every garage has a pulley. It's, 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 it's got to have it. You never know when you're going to have to lift a heavy package up, and you can swing it onto the shelf. Saves my back. I'm not going to get hurt. Why do you have all these tools? Because you never know what I'm going to need to fix. Do you know how many different screw heads there are? They're all different. That's why there's so many screwdrivers. That's why there's so many pliers. All these bolts come in so many different sizes. Why do you have candles? You never know when there's going to be a power outage. There could be an emergency. So we have all these candles right here on the bench so that I have them accessible for when I need them. Those are questions that actually never get asked because they don't care. Their radar for your partner 
is on the bedroom. What's he hiding under his underwear? And they'll look. What's he hiding in his clothes? And they'll go through their dirty clothes. They're always looking, searching, thinking they're going to find something. But the, the obvious answers are right in front of their very face in that garage. And here's how it works. Because there actually is a system that exists. And it exists across the board, across the countries. And here's how it works. And I'm going to back it up because I'm going to give you an idea of how it's done. I go on a great many hookup sites. And I, some I just go and I peruse and see what's out there, what's happening. Some I'm active on looking for you know, uh, uh, someone to enjoy playing with. One of the more common things, and it was much more common to see it on Craigslist because it was more open and uh, front. However, in my neighborhood, uh, I have never met this person, but I know where they they live. Uh, but he lives about three blocks away from me. He has a posting on a website, and his posting is, "Hey." I always go out for a walk about three or four in the morning. Leave your garage door partially open and I'll crawl under and we'll have a good time. The international symbol of a garage door raised a few feet from the ground so that someone cruising will see it and they have a pretty good chance that they are going to be welcome to crawl under it. When the door is in that position and someone else comes inside, it is very easy to have a couple boxes or a uh, uh, something blocking an area that grass. Anybody walking by driving won't see what's going on inside and you can have a good time. That is one of the international symbols. I don't care if you're in Russia, if you're in England, if you're in Scotland, in Spain, in Morocco. If you're, de- if they have a garage door and it's partially open, just enough for someone to crawl under, it may very well be that they are inviting another man to come to join them. I have to ask you. <laughs> I, I, I just have visions of someone here in in my neighborhood. Um, hearing that, going out tonight and uh, crawling under the garage of someone who is too old and tired to let their dog out in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> or their cat. So, I, I guess that wouldn't be as much of an issue here where, you know, everyone's afraid of the coyotes and things. Mm-hmm. But, wow, that could be a mistake. No, no. And I'll tell you why it's not. Because see, you think that, oh, they're just going to call right under. No. Uh, you're probably, if I remember right, you, you're in like Arizona, correct? Gun City? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so you crawl under somebody's garage door if they're not expecting you. You have just given up the right to survive. Yes, um, you're going to be shot dead right there. <laughs> yes. But here's how it works. You don't just run up and crawl under and start stripping. You go walk up casually. You tap on the garage door and say, hey, is anyone here? Did you know you left your garage door open? And you can look under 
because you're looking to, and if anybody asks, hey, I saw the garage doors open. I just wanted to see if anybody's here before, you know, if they're in the garage. And you'll get the invitation to say, yeah, come on in. Or you'll get, oh, thanks. I thought I closed it. <laughs> if they say, oh, thanks, I thought I closed it, you know, you can just keep on walking. But if they say, come on in, you are now prepped to know that you are going to go inside, you are going to meet another man who probably is already naked and wants you to get naked too. And it will be worked out very quickly who will be in what role. Will it be a top and bottom? Will it just be a cocksucking? Will it be a dom and sub? Or will it be a master-slave? Many a great relationship has started with a simple on the garage door. Oh, you know, I have to tell you, I have learned over the years of so many different kind of signifiers that, um, um, well, of course, for a long time, um, a gay men could not openly, you know, cruise. They were risking their health and uh, their freedom. So there were signs for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly know about probably men too, but certainly women that have done creative things on their front porches with the lights or with other signifiers. So you're saying this is this is pretty common. It is. Yes, uh, it's yeah. an internationally yes, it's an internationally accepted, understood signal in the the tighter community. You know, it's not, I'm, gosh, I, you know, in a way, I'm violating a sacred trust passed down through millennia. But that is how we communicate. And here's what happens. Say you knock on the door and you're asking, well, maybe his wife shows up unexpectedly and he hasn't had a chance to shut the door. His wife will say, oh, thank you. And here's where the fun comes in. She will actually, well, open the door. Let's see who our new neighbor is. And become a friend of hers who she encourages her partner to get to know better because he doesn't have enough friends. (laughs) (laughs) And so she becomes less concerned when he's there because now my man has someone to talk to in the garage. Thank God he will stop coming in every 15 minutes asking me for something to drink or something to eat. And women will leave, typically, the men alone because what are they – they don't want to go out there. And why? We're grunting. We're farting. We're making noises. Mr. D, you are not only sort of a sexist pig, (laughs) but um, uh, bordering on misogynistic. (laughs) But while you have a cynical approach to relationships – But I have the feeling that you've been fairly successful with that attitude out there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And here comes the next domino. Sometimes you can get really lucky because what have you walked into? A partnership that likes a third party to join them. She has been able to size you up as a person before being introduced in a naked environment. And she can give the wink, the nod or whatever to her partner saying, oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I can see a bulge. Maybe he's tight ass. I like that. Or 
He's tall. He's dark. He's handsome. That might be the turn on. Maybe she's going to be really excited and say, you know, you should see and find out. Is he is he really like a bull? Would he be really good fucking me while you watch? And you found yourself a new set of playmates. So, yeah, there's a whole lot that can go on in the domino effect. Because say that it does occur that way. There's every possibility that maybe he also has a partner who would love to be in a foursome or swaps. Hey, I'll take your wife. You take mine. Here's the key to the back door. Let yourself in. She knows the rules. So, I, I guess you're not saying anything that I'm not familiar with. Um, I mean, I, I know how people... That just seems like such a, a cool signifier. Um, I, I have this image in my mind of, you know, how people put out their sports pennants mm-hmm. and such. <laughs> We ought to be able to put out our little <laughs> the boss <laughs> step in and see what's inside Pandora's garage box. Okay, you come back and and tell me more about this because I, I I I'm a little bit surprised um, at what I'm hearing. Um, Alexis, I think you have um, something for us to listen to. <laughs> Hi, this is Alexis, and tonight's trending news is the 2020 STD Prevention Virtual Conference is scheduled for September 14th through the 24th. It will bring together leading international researchers with government experts, clinical STD care providers, and state and local public health administrators. This year's conference will be a virtual one. Hi, this is Alexis with Fantasy News. An adult party startup is close to securing cash via the UK's pandemic survival scheme. Killing Kittens is close to securing £340,000 on the Sears crowdfunding platform. It is a company that is known for hosting sex parties for the world's elite in cities around the world, but recently has built a social media platform. Back to you, Mr. D. And before you say anything, may I just say that I am never going to look at a workbench or any of those power tools in the garage the same way again. And yeah, I'm definitely going to have to clean up that garage. <laughs> How to well. turn Mr. D. Alexis mentioned um, on a prior show or, or just uh, when we were talking, I can't remember, that someone had um, uh, converted a hand drill. Uh, with a dildo attachment and such. So sort yes. of the um, old-fashioned style of the Sibian or other machine like that. I just have to ask, do you do anything like that in on your tool bench? I, you know, I have at one time 
uh, had an actual kit that I could take my sawhorse and you could put real quick stirrups, hooks, and padding. You could strap someone on it, either on their back or on their belly, and that on the legs of the sawhorse, I would just clamp on and screw real tight the uh, leg sports. And then I would secure them with bondage, uh, you know, uh, leather straps usually with chains, so that they were restricted to the sawhorse. And then I could just have fun with them all day long until I got tired of them. But, uh, yeah, sawhorses are one of the best uh, devices in the in the garage because they are rated for the amount of weight they can carry. And so you get a really good sawhorse, and they're very inexpensive. And then you just go and you order a customizing kit. It's mailed to you in a discreet brown cardboard box, and you assemble it. It requires drilling a few holes in the legs. It requires a little bit of effort putting on the padding, but it's it's removable. So someone in your home probably is never going to notice that you've drilled holes in the legs. And if they do, you just say, oh, yeah, so, you know, when I'm doing clamps and stuff and working on the wood, I have somewhere to brace the clamp and hold the wood in place. It's just, you know, it's, it makes life easier. They don't so know. This, so the, um, uh, the big box that comes is not going to be vibrantly marked you know, um, uh, Mr. D's dungeon design or something like that. No, it's not going to have something of a cowboy going yeehaw, rider hard. No. Okay. <laughs> the, the companies that specialize in these kits and who make custom uh, fixtures for homes and garages, they do them all very discreetly. And uh, as a matter of fact, a shop that I, I'm planning on visiting soon, they make dungeon equipment, custom made. And if you go to their storefront, they're just a hardware store. You have to tell them that you're there to see the custom equipment. Otherwise, you're just there like you're inside an Ace Hardware or the Home Depot. You're buying nuts, bolts, and everything else. But if you tell them what you're there for specifically, they'll take you out in the warehouse and show you what they can make for you. They'll come out to your home, measure everything. So you can make an incredible cross that has a design. So when you unscrew the center where the two beams cross, and there's a knot, so it holds it, locks in place when you put the bolt through it. You can unbolt it, lay the two pieces of wood together, sit them in the back somewhere, and they look just like two pieces of lumber sitting there. Totally, you know, indis- you know in- nothing. There's Nobody's going to ask you about them. But they also have, that comes with it, a hook so when you mount the person on your cross – you can hook the rope through the pulley that you have in your ceiling, pull it upright. You have two cement blocks that hold the two bottom posts in place, quick screw them, and your person is suspended up on that cross, ready for you to do as you will. Well, and yet I guess nobody if, notices it. <laughs> I guess if you're going to be doing all of these extra curricular activities in your garage, it's best that you have a soundproof garage. 
I can only imagine if you were to do it in my neighborhood because the houses are very close together and sounds carries around here. So any amount of screaming that is heard, you're going to be hearing sirens within the next five seconds. Because you're going to be having a bunch of people calling 911. Wow. The power of the remote control is that you can turn your stereo up and down at the push of a button without walking to the stereo. You can mask the sound of the screams. And most times, they're not able to get out a really loud, boisterous yell because you've got a ball gag in their mouth. They can <laughs> That's run. what I was going to ask you. I was going to assume that if you've got somebody who's going to be suspended on one of those crosses, I've forgotten they have some sort of fancy name, um, that they would probably have a ball gag. Uh, What about uh, can you also temporarily, if you wanted to, use those um, heavy moving uh, pads? Oh, yes. I have been in a room that was temporarily soundproofed like that. Scary as hell to walk into. I just want you yes. to know. Yeah, but it is. I mean, if all of that torture is being done to someone and I'm the one doing it or I'm the one watching or I'm the one being suspended, I want to scream. I'm sorry. I don't want a ball gag. Then that case is when, and I, what I would do is take you to my local dungeon where I can reserve the dungeon for private play and nobody, just like in outer space, can hear you scream. This person in the background, can I ask a question? Absolutely. We barely heard you, though. Um, Mr. D, um, there's a question for you. Yeah, Mr. D, hi, this is Bruce. I've been hiding over here in the corner and kind of listening to the story, sort of a... Uh, a dark shadow voyeur tonight. Uh, <laughs> are, are they naked when you're doing this? Damn right. Wow. Now, well, I, I'll take that back. Sometimes it, it depends. You can put them into a vinyl suit before you strap them to the pole and mount it upright. Um, what does that do? When you suck the air out of it, it squeezes it tight. It actually serves to remove their ability to feel anything except in the areas left exposed. It's part of sensory deprivation. It's an okay. it's a really cool thing to do. <laughs> uh, typically, though, you don't do that with someone who's on the cross. Uh, you do that for someone who's usually more on a prone position lying down, and that's because you keep the body level so the blood flow is easier on the heart uh, while they're being compressed. But you can do a short term and give a really good time to it. And, 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 and real quick, Tandy, just so you know, garages are very easy, especially with the roll-up metal doors, to soundproof. They sell kits that you can soundproof your garage door. You can put in those, like those uh, 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 moving carpets that you'd mentioned, but they sell foam kits. You can soundproof that garage really quick. Oh, of course. Think about all the people who who have, uh, you know, their bands practice, kids practice in the garage. Mm -hmm. And, again, not something that would look real out of place. You could just have somebody come and soundproof your garage Mm -hmm. and say you're taking up drumming or something like that. 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, I I want to say <laughs> one one thing, kind of a, a tidbit about coming up for in November. I am going to do a Thanksgiving show on expressing gratitude for all of our senses. Mm. You know, sight, sound, hearing, touch. Mr. D, I suppose you could counter that by giving us a lesson on sensory deprivation. <laughs> would you, you could, but I don't know. I, I, yes, I would be more than happy to do something on sensory deprivation. Uh, but for Thanksgiving, I am much more into the stuffing that can oh, be done. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How to properly baste your your subject, how to make sure you use the, and get the desserts in place, and what ways you can do a group celebration and say your thankfuls while you have your stuffed beauty waiting. Well, wow. as, as, as I said, sir, you are quite wow. the sexist pig. Um, uh, <laughs> But um, um, <laughs> love it, love it when you come on this show. Um, I might have cut you a little short because I asked some strange questions. <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, uh, can you wrap up? Give us a minute here. What should we take away about the garage and the tools inside it? What you can take away is that the garage really is a man's favorite place. It's inbred. It's from time immemorial uh, when we first started living and getting in caves. It's our comfort zone. It's a place that we just know as we can be ourselves, we can have fun, we can play, we can sing, we can dance, but we can also experiment with satisfying our deepest desires and going forward. And, it, and for those who are walking through every garage now with a new radar on, looking to say, oh, my God, what has he got that tool for? Yes, that's exactly what I want you to go away from. I want you thinking, what can I do with that tool? And can I find a way to get him to do it to me? Because I think I want to experience that. That's I I love it. That's what we're asking um, our listeners to hear. Try things, experiment, look around, be open. Not everything will be a one hundred percent winner for you, but you won't know unless yeah. um, uh, unless you try. Thank you so oh, much. It's my and I'm going to say one last thing, if you'll let me. Oh, how nice. As Mr. D asked for my permission. Yes, sir. Alexis, when you are ready, let me know. We will rent that place, and I will have you screaming every bit you want. Yay. I guess I'll be gargling a lot of salt water to save my voice. And maybe I might have to take a vacation. 
Uh, why do so many of your invitations sound like threats, but they are delightful? Listen, everybody, again, this is uh, Tandy. You have been listening to The Box. We had Mr. D, we had Bruce, we had Alexis uh, here with us. So thank you for coming with us to one of the playgrounds found in Pandora's Fantasy Box as we talked about a playground some of us have been overlooking. We are, we're adults of all genders, orientations, and lifestyles can explore and connect. We meet here every night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so join our conversation. Better yet, suggest topics you want and connect with us. Uh, You can check out our new website for the box at pfbbox.com, and of course, also come look inside Pandora's Fantasy Box. Fantasy with a Z. Ask us. Why membership has its privileges. Memberships are 40% off until 10-31-2020. So Pandora's fantasybox.com. Not C-U-M, but you will come. Live free, everyone. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night.